Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Coast to Coast Combat Hour. I'm your host, Matthew Hawkins, and as always, I'm joined by, by my co-host, Ed Carbajal. And we are brought to you by AllAccessMMA.com. Check out AllAccessMMA.com for MMA articles and our podcast. Ed, how you doing, man? Good, good. Uh, we didn't get to catch up on any uh, current events and news, and lucky for us, we picked the perfect week to wrap everything up and because there's a lot going on so uh, i don't know where you want to start i mean last week we had chris lytle on which uh by the way uh my training partners were actually texting me about that like a lot of folks were listening to that was that was a great get for us and like you know when you when we grab old school guys like that when you doc lucas was messaging us too about it and talking about how good it was so i mean that was uh uh, if if folks didn't check that out check out last week with uh, chris lytle yeah, fun interview. Any anytime you get a chance to talk to somebody, I mean, we sent it to him on the air. I mean, he wasn't a UFC champion, but there's very few non-UFC champions that have the accolades mm-hmm. that Chris Lytle has. So, I mean, just a total honor to be able to talk to him. And, and for old school geeks like us, uh, it's obviously to hear stories and stuff about about the past makes it cool. But but yeah, I mean, so no guests this week. But like you said, there couldn't be a a week to that just surrounded <laughs> by so much stuff. Uh, even with no UFC to look forward to. Uh, in the in the near future here but um i say we just go back uh let's go back what is about 10 days or so uh bellator 250 we get the number right bellator 254 uh that was alima mcfarlane uh looking to defend her title again for uh bellator uh unfortunately for her uh she fought another undefeated fighter uh juliana velasquez and uh, Velasquez really had her number from start to finish, uh, earning a unanimous decision. Although semi-close on the cards, pretty much domination from start to finish. A uh, little surprising to me, I guess. More more surprising to see Elimelech get so dominated. Uh, not surprising to me that she lost. Um, anybody that's listened to me or known me over the last 20 years uh, would know that I everybody's time comes and Bellator's 125 pound division is, uh, is starting to load up with some really good talent. So not sure how you saw it, but uh. I, um, I don't know if you caught any shadows of just like her reactions and stuff. I, I, I kind of, it was reminiscent to me of when Fedor picked up his first loss to uh word doom. It was almost like, like watching her as she lost, she almost seemed. And I think there was, she commented about on it afterward. She almost seemed relieved to uh, not be the champion anymore. I mean, I guess uh, it, it uh, you know, with martial arts, and she's definitely a martial artist. That's we've seen her evolve through the years in Bellator and stuff like that. But I'm wondering because you know, like sometimes you get to a point that I mean, like in, in martial arts, you hear it a lot: losses are lessons. And I'm wondering if this is this was something that just kind of tapped her to say, "Hey, like, like, okay, now I can focus on on you know." something to to evolve more you know i mean because being uh i I just feel like it it can be an albatross to be undefeated for so long or or to be champion for so i mean that's that's it's weird to think that like when i look back at fedor and back then and seeing that with her now is just kind of like maybe uh i mean maybe maybe it'll be good for her evolution and longevity in her career you know i mean i i feel like the undefeated thing is uh it can be it can be rough after a while so. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can see that, uh, and I understand it. And you bringing up Fedor, it, you know, it's weird for me to compare Elimelech to Fedor, but I, I see what you're saying. the The look on Fedor's face, or the feeling you mm-hmm. kind of got, was like, okay, I, I lost. This is what it feels like to lose. You know, I no longer ever have to fight again with the idea of me basically being an undefeated fighter and this invincible force. I mm-hmm. kind of just go out there and, and finish my career up. Um, so I, I get it, um, and I'm glad you acknowledging uh, Verdun as his first loss after I know she retweeted today that uh, his loss to Kosaka <laughs> uh, in Japan, which was a uh, which was a farce of a loss, but technically on his record. Uh, for well, yeah, but I mean that one he avenged though. That's why I oh, don't yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm just giving you a hard time. Yeah. I, I felt like I saw that. I was like, ah, oh, kind of fake news. But but uh, I, did you notice Artem Lobov jumped into that thread? It was on, yeah. it was on Twitter. Um, 
this day yeah, in yeah, MMA, MMA history. history. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Artem Lobov dropped in and uh, and gave like a two tweet, you know, 300, 400 word, whatever the limit is, you know, basically breakdown of how it wasn't a really a loss, how it should have been considered a no contest. I, I it was the greatest thing. Well, I mean, Lobov's had his moments, but I, I thought it was hilarious uh, that of all the people, he's the one who jumped in to, to kind of defend Fedor and really broke it down uh, in a way that uh, yeah. I appreciate it. But getting back to Alimale, uh Yeah. I, I, I think that this kind of, now she's not the champion. I have no idea. I think she just kind of signed a contract extension fairly recently. I feel like that's something we, we talked about uh, on the show. Uh, right around the time when it seemed like, you know, they, they had initially sent Chandler to one a couple years back. So I don't know how many fights she has, but this does take that pressure off. If she is interested now kind of in going somewhere else, maybe uh, that door opens up um, just because you don't have the championship. You're not as locked in. Uh, I also think, like you said, the pressure, uh, we kind of saw it now. Rose Nami Yunus wasn't undefeated, but I think it's kind of widely known that she's, I don't think she's ducking title fights, but I think it was a relief to her for a while to not have the stress of having to deal with answering the media calls and just kind of being that, that, that poster person. Uh, it, it's gotta be a tremendous amount of, of stress. I mean, no matter what, it's stressful enough to be a, a, a MMA fighter. Uh, you throw up being a champion and then un, being undefeated on top of that. I can kind of see that. So uh, I think she rebounds. Uh, I don't think this is like the end of, of, Alimale at all. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if we see a rematch. I don't know if it's a fight that she necessarily should rematch. Mm-hmm. Um, she was pretty well beat. Um, I, I'd like to see a rematch with like uh, maybe Alejandra Lara, uh, kind of a number one contender or something, while uh, another... I- I feel like her and Vita Artiga need to do it again too, just because that, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I was at that one and that was the fight that ended by the cut. Uh, mm. Artiga seems like she's kind of been on a slide since then. Um, but or at least losing her last fight, maybe not so much of a slide, but, uh, but yeah, that one needs to happen. Like I said, the Lara fight again, another one that I attended was a really good, good fight, a good back and forth, uh, that, that, uh, Alima landed up winning by submission eventually, but, uh, there's a lot of fights for her out there. Uh, yeah. I, still got the Hawaii thing. I mean, the whole COVID thing threw everything off because we know damn well that if there was no COVID, this title fight would have been in Hawaii. Who knows how things change? You know, would she win? Everybody's everybody's training training camp was probably, I mean, everyone's handled training and preparation differently because of the whole COVID situation. So, I mean, her, I mean, she's in Hawaii, but where does, I forget where she trains. Unless she trains somewhere like she usually, usually in San Diego. So, I mean, she's yeah. basically, if she's in Hawaii, then Hawaii has been isolated this whole time. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hawaii has been basically closed. Um, and in California, not a whole lot different. So mm-hmm. probably not necessarily the two best States for her to try to be, you know, getting stuff under control and living any kind of normal life to, in order to have the right mental, uh, you know, level or whatever you want to say it to, to yeah. go out there and compete like that. But, uh, you know, it, it every, you know, the, my text going out basically where her time just came, it, it, it happens to every <laughs> fighter. Uh, if you fight good enough fighters, you're going to lose. And that's, that's, that's what we, that's basically what we saw. It was just a matter of time. Even if she would have yeah. squeaked this one out, it was going to be her next fight or the fight after that. Somebody was going to have her number and, and be able to beat her. So, yeah. uh, but, but that's Alimalay. Uh, that's again, a- Final event of the year too for Bellator, so we won't see them until uh, I forget when they said they're coming back. February, maybe. Yeah, I'm guessing probably February, maybe late January. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, all props to Juliana Velasquez. She moves to 11 and 0, so she kind of takes the the throne over from Alimale in the exact same situation. Um, I mean, uh, uh, Alimale was just 11 and 0 too before that loss. So mm-hmm. you basically have just swapped uh, number one contender for champion right now, and and the records. So uh, we'll see how that unfolds. Uh, Right after that, that was Thursday night. Uh, Saturday, we got the uh, – well, Friday was the BKFC, which we spoke about with Chris Lytle a little bit last week. Then Saturday was UFC 256, Figueiredo Moreno. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, <laughs> you know, just to speak on the main event, which basically is one of the top – you know, I, I, I hate getting into which what's the fight of the year. You know, we, we there's – this year we've had some amazing fights. So let's just say it was one of the top five fights. <laughs> yeah. of the year. Um, you know, just two great fighters. And, and I've been on this show from day one, kind of bad mouthing the flyweights and I'm not going to back. 
I'm, I'm not going to hide from the fact that I've said that, but this is a show. This was a freaking show. Um, if these fights, you know, and, and take nothing Dude. away from Demetrius Johnson, perhaps yeah. Demetrius Johnson just didn't have the, he didn't have a Brandon Moreno or he was just too much better than him. So maybe, but I didn't enjoy the Demetrius Johnson years. I'm I enjoying I, I've always liked, the I know. And a lot of people did. <laughs> I, I get it. I, it wasn't my thing. Uh, but with that said, this is, I'm it's digging. Gonna it's, gonna it's gonna be now. It's gonna be now. Yeah, listen, as long as Tigahato, Moreno, Royval, uh, Tim Elliott. I mean, as long as we've got that main core of dudes dude, right now. Look at uh, look at look at you. Like you said, you just mentioned a few, a few of them. Uh, and then uh, Jimmy Flick just threw himself in in that mix. Uh, and I know he's on the event that we're gonna get to with the, with his uh, late late us uh, edition of submission of the year candidacy. But like you said, I mean, of the talking about uh, of the year awards. I had to submit my my choices for uh, for Sure Dog this week, and uh, I'm not going to give any. I mean, I'll probably be giving it away talking about this fight because for me, I had trouble. I actually had to rewatch uh, Weili Zhang and uh, Joanna because for me that was up until this fight that was the fight of the year for me. But then I was like, you know what? We had a, a winner, May, maybe not definitive because it was like split decision or whatever it was, but we had a winner. This fight. This is this fight. I haven't seen a fight in a long time. It's probably when I was into boxing heavily, and I, I know you watched the boxing too that we had. Uh, but um, I, I'm just like, yo, the last time I, I saw a fight end in a draw and I wasn't disappointed with it is it's been a long time. And and that fight, like even Daniel Cormier was like, I can't, I don't know who won. I can't pick who won. And I'm not for nothing, dude. I am completely on board flyweight division rematch with them too. I know it's going to get run back at some point. Um, yeah, man, it's uh, I, I love that fight. Um, I already see that the UFC's pushing Brandon Moreno. They got him on some marketing stuff already. Like that's the, like, like the, they've always been looking for their Mexican fighter. I mean, this was, this, this is the guy he's, he's, he's from Tijuana. He's, he's, you know, he's just picked up English. And he's he's he talks about how he wants to emulate Julio Cesar Chavez, and it's like, dude, this is the guy you want. You want a guy for for UFC with the with the Mexico branding. This is the guy, and and I'm all aboard it. And I want to see that fight again. I I, I and not for nothing, I became this year. I became a a, a fan of Davison Fajardo too. Yeah, I mean, I, I've uh, there's been something about Moreno that I've enjoyed since his time on The Ultimate Fighter. I don't know if it's – I think it's just his personality. Uh, you know, I love that kind of free-willing, just, you know, just loving what he's doing. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's refreshing to see somebody that that is, um, it, like I said, just doing what they love to do. And he's had some lows. I mean, he was basically cut from the UFC. The division was told – you know, we're going to wrap this up. And, and the next thing you know, he's coming back and he's on a main, you know, on a big card with, uh, against Kaikara France, uh, not that long ago where he, where he basically pulls an upset and, uh, reestablishes himself. And then, you know, he has the win over Roy Vall, uh, and then he gets here. I, I thought it was great. Um, yeah, I can't think of many title fights draws. First of all, there's been very few draws, but, um, the only other, you know, when I think of a main event fight that kind of was like, it ended and you're like, you know what, if that's a draw, then, cool was for me was like Bigfoot versus uh, Mark Hunt the first time mm. they fought, you know, and, yeah. and that was a little soiled at the end because uh, Bigfoot ended up testing positive for, for some uh, PEDs or, or, or diuretics or whatever it was. Vitamins. 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 Uh, <laughs> but uh, that was, you know, that was a fight and, and we've said it like, I love it when there's a good close fight. I don't mind a draw. This fight was, I, I, I feel like when I was watching it, I was thinking Moreno, um, Obviously, that's not what the judges saw because the judges basically gave it to Figueiredo, and then you had the point deduction. So they yeah. they saw it three rounds to two for Figueiredo. I was kind of leaning three rounds to two for Moreno. Um, I don't know if there was, uh, you know, again, I, I was kind of pulling for him because I didn't expect him to. I didn't expect him to put the show that he did on. As no. much as I've seen him perform, like in my mind, I thought we were kind of going to get another Alex Perez situation where we were probably going to see. a a younger kid kind of over his head a little too early maybe and, and make a mistake and, and get caught. Well, I mean, know. what an awesome story. I mean, I mean, uh, Nolan King uh, tweeted that night. Like, remember that the UFC wanted to cut him at one point. And then I talked about here on this podcast when he was fighting Roy Val, like if he got the toilet, you know, all the whole thing of how he got pulled early from ultimate fighter, like uh-huh. this, this guy is, there's something, there's something, I mean, if, if you want to talk about there's, if there's a fate for him in that division, 
it's it's there he's definitely destined to to get that strap if it's not from Figueiredo, it's going to be from somebody but damn it damn it like whoo that fight can't happen soon enough man i mean i'm all on board and, and I'll, I'll get me a brandon moreno t-shirt and the whole nine <laughs> yeah and, and you know not to not to discredit kane velasquez or anything and you being you know uh, mexican heritage i, I got to imagine that like as much as you guys, the Mexican people liked Cain Velasquez, like you said, this is this is a brother coming up from Tijuana. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, like so that's that's going to carry some weight. You know, and I live in San Diego. I mean, that's or you know, close enough to San Diego where you know Tijuana is not far from me, and and uh, you know that's. It, it, I think it's cool. I I think it it opens up the door. Plus, it opens up the door for more events in San Diego, which I'm always open, always always uh, happy about. But um. You know, oh yeah, uh, if he gets a title and we get back to normal, man, you're you're gonna be all up in San Diego. Oh, he's gonna he'll be yeah he'll he'll, yeah. Own, he'll own San <laughs> yeah. Diego and LA if he uh, yeah. if he wins the title and and the UFC markets him correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's and it seems like they're quick. They're, you know, these guys have forced the UFC's hand because the UFC didn't want to market these guys. The UFC no. wanted to get rid of the division, and I wasn't for people losing their jobs, but I kind of understood it because, like you said, you enjoyed the times the numbers weren't there. People weren't buying the pay-per-views, no. you know? So like the support wasn't there as many people want to say, Hey, I loved it. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Most 99% of the people who said they loved it wouldn't spend a penny to watch, you know, Demetrius Johnson in a, in a pay-per-view main event. And that's the, the numbers are there. Um, that doesn't take anything away from Demetrius Johnson. It's one of the greatest mixed martial arts we've ever seen. But like I said, maybe it was his mismatches and obviously his mousetrap arm bar was out- incredible. And he had his moments that were shining, but, now I feel like this is the this is the fight that that opens up that division. This is the Stefan Bonner, you know, uh, uh, Forrest Griffin fight for the flyweight division in the UFC right now, you know, and and uh, I, I think it's going to set it off. And um, my God, if these guys have a rematch and have any fight close to this, the level that these guys could potentially reach uh, on Stardom now with UFC now with the rumor of UFC going possibly to ABC. Yeah. Uh, early or mid mid January um, <clears throat> that that opens the door for well for superstars I feel like that's them playing because you know we 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 saw that night on I think uh, I think Bellator and the zone are done um, Correct. The, when we were talking about 254 that was kind of a little bit trending news that night and I know Scott Coker's waiting for the zone to, to make a fucking move <laughs> but um, I mean, because they've held up their end, it's the zone that hasn't really held up their end with anybody for that matter. But, um, uh, I feel like because not they know when that's over, then CBS is going to be making moves with their sports, and you know, so I think that's just them. We got to get we got to get to network first, and um, while they're waiting for this the zone nonsense to, to end, let's let's make our move now and do one test card. So I mean, <clears throat> hey, it just goes to show you how how much the sport's grown, and and I mean, hey, competition is good for business. Somebody, uh, I, I got a little shit for following the girl that tweeted it out, <laughs> <laughs> but some somebody tweeted out something about one one championship's numbers and how if you're if all you watch is a UFC, then then you're not really an MMA fan. And you and I are kind of always been, I mean, not about one, but like the UFC is not the entire sport. With there's all these other I mean, we've had LFA guys on here. We've had, you know, we've had Bellator fighters, uh, you know, people from BKFC, like like combat sports. fighters, yeah. BKFC, tough enough. Yeah, no, yeah. Exactly. So it's like, you know, like come on now, like 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 the the, the UFC the finds these their stars and all the the, the Roy Vals and all these guys in these other promotions. So you kind of have to like you know watch the sport. So that's why I liked what uh, I forget what her name is, whatever she said, <coughs> but um. So that being said, this is kind of like, I mean, this is something that you and I used to probably just fucking shoot the shit about like 10 years ago. We wouldn't think about, you know, except for when, you know, the Kimbo Slice thing, when it was Elite XC and all that. But, you know, that was that was great. And that was the numbers proved that that works back then. So imagine now. I mean, imagine now on ABC, Bellator, UFC, anybody on, 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 a, on a regular network like that, it's going to it's going to kill. I, I would think I don't think we'll ever see the numbers that we once saw um, mm. because it was such a spectacle and mm. you didn't have access to it. I mean, genuinely, the same person who's going to watch ABC, if they mm. really want to watch UFC, could probably just turn to ESPN. So yeah. I uh, um, I do find it interesting. ABC would have been the last 
channel, I, uh, last network channel yeah. I would have expected. Yeah. Um, although it is tied, obviously, to ESPN and and that whole conglomerate, Disney. Yeah. Um, I just, uh, it, it seems like that's like the family network. You know, CBS is kind of like the mid-family, but we still have football and, you know, stuff like that. And then Fox is generally the, hey, we're, you know, we're going to, shoot people out of a can <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. make it over the grand canyon and kind of shit like that you know oddly so, enough though that was the one that featured a lot of celebrity boxing and now we got all these uh, Paul so, shit <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that sometime in the future if things unfold yeah. like they're being rumored but uh yeah, yeah I, I i mean I, I i just think uh yeah i uh it, it all comes to the UFC now. The rumor is right now that January 16th, according to Nolan King, who, who's reporting this uh, for MMA Junkie, is that they're looking at the 16th of, of January on ABC, and it looks like the January 30th uh, event that was scheduled has been canceled. So what that would lead me to believe is that we're they're going to look to like kind of stack a card. We're going to pull another card, and we're going to stack – this if we're going to get ABC, um, even let's say it's let's say that ABC only gives them two fights, they're going to make da- they're going to have the two main events from those two nights be the two fights uh, on that card is is what I would guess. Now, with that said, we'll probably get Greg Hardy versus Volkov two and three, you know. But you know, uh, who uh, knows? Greg um, Hardy might not be on main cards anymore after after last weekend. But, I started to think about that the other day. Do you think he's not on main card or he's on the main cards because it keeps him away from ESPN? And it makes it where like somebody has to actually look him out, whether it's ESPN Plus or a pay-per-view. I started to wonder wow. that because it seems I, like, has he been on big ESPN yet? Or has he only been on ESPN Plus and pay-per-views? Have have, to look uh, back, yeah, you got to look back at his... You know, but I, I started to wonder that the other day because I was thinking the same thing. Like, why is this guy in the main card? And I'm like, well... If you're doing your prelims on ESPN, the last thing you probably want to do is end the prelims with Greg Hardy and then expect uh, that 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 sports fan that is, you know, that hates his guts that watches ESPN to buy it. So that's just a thought that I had. But um, but yeah, let's ho- hope UFC. I mean, you know, we're fans of the sport. I, I, I don't care. Anybody that can get on network television is something we're going to cheer for. Obviously, <laughs> we're huge fans of the UFC, but, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully we see that unfold. Um, before we get to this past UFC card, um, you mentioned DAZN. Uh, DAZN had the, the two uh, two big boxing matches back-to-back Friday and Saturday night that we spoke, uh, what, about three, four weeks ago with the last round podcast, uh, gentlemen, about. Um, on Friday night, Triple G picked up a uh, TKO victory over Sharametta. Uh, uh, outclassed, Triple G looked tremendous, uh, incredible shape. Um, he was coming off a lackadaisical win uh, where a lot of people thought he actually lost the decision in his previous bout. Mm-hmm. This one, he left no doubt. And he was, uh, he was looking tuned up. Uh, you know, if, if natural, he's been putting in some really, really good work. And I think he wanted to have a resume or, or something to basically send to the, to the Canelo team uh, to uh, set up that third bout following night. Canelo uh, fought Callum Smith. Uh Canelo just did his thing. Smith uh, came, survived, went 12 rounds. Uh, Canelo hit him with a lot of body shots. Uh, just kept digging. Uh, you know, Smith fought hard. He won a round, maybe two, uh, but but a, but a mismatch. Uh, well, you know, start. he he uh, tore his bicep. His bicep was separated in mid mid midway through the fight. Uh, that was confirmed by a UK boxing like immediately after the event. C- Canelo um, or Smith? tore his bicep smith smith did okay that makes sense then yeah i mean uh you know no disrespect the dude went 12 rounds with canelo and he was throwing punches the whole time he threw a lot of punches canelo he missed a lot but he threw a lot too um so he's out there he's putting himself out there he just didn't mm-hmm. turtle up and and just take a beating for 12 rounds he uh he he tried he just didn't have you know, the well, power to do the it. thing with, with with them it's like if you put those names if they're not fighting each other it's kind of like you know what I mean? It's almost like like it's almost like a WWE match where you know who's gonna win. If it's like The Rock versus you, then you know The Rock is gonna be the guy that wins. Yeah, no, I you mean, know that's what I mean? Of, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, if you're uh, if if you're uh, Iron Mike Sharp and, but, and but, I mean, so that, that's, that's one of the things that's that's the problem with with a lot like like it's not like 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 Wilder Fury. You know what I mean? Like that was like yeah. oof. You know what I mean? And then uh, um, well, boxing uh, does that a lot though. That's like. Yeah. That's that's the world of boxing. Squash yeah. match, squash match, squash match, huge mega fight. 
Man. You know, like uh, that seems like that because I, I missed the Joshua fight and I don't know the gentleman that he really fought. Pull but up. yeah, imagine it was kind of the same thing. You know, it's like, why? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I mean, the UFC can do it too, but generally you're fighting like, you know, in the M- event- M- MMA just has more unpredictability than than boxing does. You know, because- well, like if you if MMA was boxing or UFC was boxing, then uh, and we we didn't speak about it, but uh, Ferguson wouldn't have fought Oliveira. Ferguson would have fought like some up and coming. They wouldn't even fought Michael Chandler. He would have fought somebody who was like the the road champion from Japan or something like that. You know, he would yeah, have fought. Every, everybody thought Ferguson would have waxed Oliveira, and look what happened. I mean, Oliveira. Completely, we've never seen. Ferguson I know, I know, like but that. they would that fight would have never happened in boxing because you never yeah. would have had two guys that were like on the brink of just stardom or 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 getting that mega fight. It just doesn't seem like it would have happened. But mm. you know, that's neither here nor there. I, I, uh, but uh, but Canelo looked great, picked up the massive win. Uh, Triple G fight's got to happen again. Uh, I, I, I thought Triple G won both fights. Um, I think most people believe he won the first fight. The second fight, I think, is about split 50-50. A lot of people yeah. think, uh, you know, Canelo won, and it was a close fight. Uh, but that's the fight that's got to happen. I mean, we've got this heavyweight, you know, you know, gauntlet of fights going on, but that's that's the lighter weight fight. You know, that, that you know, the, or I should say, like, the middleweight fight. It's not the uh, it's not the Crawfords and the Errol Spence fight that obviously would be mega, but uh, I don't know. I, fun to watch boxing. Uh, play-by-play was goddamn terrible. Uh, DAZN is uh, like fifth rate right now, so uh, I don't think that they're going to be around the U.S. market very long. Uh, no, yeah, get out of here. I mean, I I, guess <laughs> I I saw people commenting that the uh, audio went out, and they were like, "Can we have the option to not listen to these guys at all? Can we just yeah. can we just watch the boxing instead of?" Yeah. Uh, but, anyways, uh, and then we also had uh, some big news for free agent signing. Uh, you'd think that like this was the basketball offseason with all these guys. <laughs> Uh, changing, changing, yeah. uh, you know, locations. Um, I don't know if we talked about Rumble Johnson, but Rumble Johnson signed with Bellator. That came as quite a surprise to me. Um, I hadn't heard any rumors about Rumble Johnson going to yeah. Bellator. Rumble, uh, Yoel, Anthony Pettis now just yeah, before and then, and Yoel signs. Well, Anthony Pettis hasn't officially signed. He said he's leaving the UFC, but I mean, his brother fights for Bellator. Yeah, it makes, true. it makes the most sense in the world. Again, though, maybe PFL offers him a chance to win a million dollars for fighting. You know, I feel God. I feel like fighters are probably not too like like putting their feet in the PFL. Wall. And I've covered them a lot, so I, I'm probably pissing off some PFL people right now. But it is what it is, man. You guys, you guys dropped the ball this year. I mean, I know, look, but look, look they, what happened to Kayla Harrison. I mean, she's, she's yeah, oh, fighting Harrison Victor, fighting Titan FC and. You know, she's you're gonna have her back, but you had to let her do something, otherwise she was gonna see your ass. So well, that's the thing with like Verdun. Like, why the? I mean, I guess Verdun, he did he didn't compete at Submission Grappling on Sunday, did he? He was initially scheduled no, he to. He was supposed to, yeah, but no. he didn't. So I mean, talk about Verdun signing with PFL. The dude's already like forty three, forty four. God only knows when PFL is gonna actually start. I mean, I, they can say they're gonna start in April, but um, I mean, we haven't seen a PFL bout since what New Year's of. La- you know, New Year's Eve, yeah, that's it. Yeah, we're coming up on a year since the PFL yeah. bout. Um, you know, that's that's a long time to put everybody on hold, and to think that you're just going to pick up with the same momentum that you had. PFL was doing pretty well, uh, you know, yeah. through ESPN, and and you know, I had casual fans and people that just kind of want you know asking me about these ESPN fights and um, them getting to know the fighters and to disappear for a year um, can't is can't be great. So no, no. That'll be interesting. Speaking about, you know, the opposite of uh, disappearing for a year. uh, Did you, obviously you've seen it and I know you saw it because you you messaged me about it. The video that Dana White put out basically uh, going after the the media, the the big propaganda piece. Oh yeah, we got to talk. I guess everyone's talking about that. I thought it was was funny. I shared it and I said, I can't wait to see the back and forth over this one because not only did he call out, (laughs) Specific <laughs> people, but he put the red stripe across their names. He he, he uh, highlighted, I, I, highlighted the names. He and straight up, <laughs> yeah. He, like I got to I, I got to steal it from uh, Miro from Deezus and Mary. Ra ra to the media. You know what I mean? He literally was just like, "Fuck all of you guys that were trying to up, be up my ass," and uh, he put, put their names with the red line through. That was the funniest shit. I don't know why he went. To, the funny, the thing that stood out to me, I was like, he really went in a, hard on Brian Campbell 
uh, from CBS. And I don't know if that's because of the Bellator CBS connection or, you know, why not go after Luke Thomas? Because Luke Thomas, I mean, Luke Thomas doesn't really talk about stuff like that. Luke Thomas does more. I mean, I know he tweets a lot of stuff about politics and COVID and stuff like that. But, you know, when he does his content, it's mainly about, you know, uh, martial arts fighting and, and analytical stuff and, and matchmaking stuff like that. It's never, it's never overly critical of, uh, you know, just the, the stuff that we saw April, uh, May of putting events on or whatever. And at the end of the day, um, I mean, we all fucking watched anyway. So I, I like, like, I don't know why he did that. It was, it was either to pat himself on the back or, or, or just to, to kind of give it a, 2020 fu to all those people listening <laughs> to that video but uh, it was, I, I knew it was going to make for internet comedy mma gold and i was like i love it i, I i'm going to sit back and watch so yeah i mean i think it's exactly what we probably should I mean, all expect right now he, he ain't mad at us so i don't give a fuck oh man i'm watching <laughs> that. I'm, like, I'm waiting for somebody to pop up like you know not that we're going to show up on that no, video but we, like <laughs> we didn't but here's the thing when we when when that was happening and Okay, if you have questions about moving forward, I mean, uh-huh. you and I don't know enough to fucking talk about it, but Correct. what did we do? We brought Doc Lucas on. Correct. Somebody that does know a thing or two about it, and we, had, we asked him our questions, and, and that was a pretty popular episode of ours this year, too, but it's like, you know, which we got, we got to have back to, to see if he's got a report card for how things went, but you know what I mean? Like, we don't talk our... out our asses, or we don't try to stir no, anything no. up. We yeah, just we're not try, trying to, we, we try yeah. to bring information to whoever re- listens to or watches this, and and I think that's the right way to go about it. I mean, some people, not for nothing, some people did go at at, at uh, Dana a little. It's almost to the point that you, that uh, if if I was uh, their boss or something, I'd be like, hey, what are we going to cover if they don't fucking do anything? You know, well, what that's, I mean? well, that's the kind of the stance that we <laughs> yeah. took. Is we wanted fights. We want. We didn't want people to die, but we wanted yeah. fights. And if the UFC could do it safe, which with some common sense seemed like it was something that could be done, yeah. Then w- why not do it? Um, and we're not. Our bread's not buttered by the UFC. We have no. day jobs, you know. Like, yeah. if we've got black, if you, if our income was relied on the UFC and they blackballed us, then obviously, um, you and, that, it, and that's you the know. other thing too. Like, like you're talking about about there's how many fighters. I mean, for all the shit and all the media people reacting to that that were targeted in that video, how many fighters shared it saying thank you? Like, look, Lauren Murphy was like, I, 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 I had the best year of my life and I bought a house and this and that. So it's like, come on, man. I mean, you know, not everyone's going to be happy. Someone's going to be pissed off. No, uh, and my thing is, like, a lot of the media guys jump, you know, and, and it's the world we live in today where people are accusing people of trying to kill people by not wearing masks. Or yeah. Dana White's willing to sacrifice human lives to put on. Like, let's drop the bullshit. Like, we know he's a businessman trying to get his business, keep his business going, just like a lot of people. Yeah. I, I You know, we're, we're I criticize Dana White as much as anybody, you know, but. Yeah, he, I hate he ESPN Plus. Pulled it off. He pulled it off. Like, in the long run, whether. Whether people thought they were being, you know, all high and mighty about it, Dana White turned out to kind of be right. So, like, again, like, uh, you know, would I have made the video and done the the the, the spike in the end zone and done the dance? No, but <laughs> it's Dana White, you know. Like, yeah. what do we expect from him? And and a lot of the guys in the video, at least a couple of the guys in the video, are guys he doesn't like anyway. Yeah. You know, so this was kind of like like I don't know much about the Campbell guy. I don't, I don't, I'm not a Luke Thomas fan. Um, I mean, I sat next to him at a Bellator event once, and and I tried to you know introduce myself to him, and I wouldn't say he was the friendliest guy. He was kind of a dick. Yeah, I, I don't yeah, know. Honest, guys, but... they, might, they might be nice guys. Luke Thomas might be a great guy, but like I just don't enjoy his. Luke Thomas, I've talked to. He's cool. I like him. Again, he may be, but I yeah. just the way he presents. Uh, his angle to the world of sports is not necessarily uh, what I'm looking for uh, when I go on Twitter or when I just want to look at MMA. <laughs> MMA is my fucking out, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, and that goes across the board for not just him and not just people I agree with or disagree with politics come across my board. I'm quick to mute people. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not, that's not what I'm in Twitter for. If I want, you know, like, I got I got plenty of family I can argue with. I don't, I don't need to I don't need to argue on Twitter. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, I hear like, you. like this. So um, 
But with that said, I, I just thought it was funny. And like, I think I probably had the same stance as you as where it's like, let's just watch the fireworks go. And they went, man, you had, you had people getting defensive. And I mean, I just feel like, you know what, if I'm a reporter or I'm a writer or a podcaster and, and he went after me, then like, I have my video of what I said. If I disagree with what Dana White's calling me out for, then I have a, I have a platform. I can go on my platform and I can write about it or I can, you know, I can, I can, I can counter counter his argument you know and if i'm right i'm right if i look like a jackass for saying dana white was gonna wipe out half the u.s population by having a fight in, <laughs> in jacksonville then maybe i deserve to look like a moron you know but um again i don't know all the backstory behind everything i just thought it was entertaining and like the most dana white hey, thing that that, I would I mean, yeah that's why we we refer to doc lucas and, and folks that know what the yeah, fuck we're talking about know, and, uh, so. and yeah, exactly. And we're not. We were. We were just fans who wanted to see the fights go. We had no idea. I mean, we 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 had our we 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 listened to. We talked about our pros and cons on this podcast uh-huh. and how things should go forward or backward or net. But at the end of it, we both said we're gonna watch it if it's going though, right? And we're like, yeah, fuck you, yeah, fuck yeah, we're gonna watch. Yeah, so. and we're gonna. No, we're not gonna be it. hypocrites. Yeah, we're not gonna be. Oh, hypocrites. exactly. We're you know we we. I don't think we missed a show since, uh, you know, we as a as a combined unit, we haven't missed a show since the thing. So we've been fighting through this, this too, <laughs> just to try to keep a schedule going. And this is and this is small time nothing, you know. Like, yeah. you got companies, you know. Dana White still owns a company where, you know, he's got to answer to people. And Dana White might be harsh to a lot of people, but, you know, I, I as somebody who's a former business owner, I know that, you know, the conversations coming down to Dana White aren't exactly friendly. He's 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 hearing it too. You yeah. know, any, anybody that has to answer to a boss knows that you know shit goes downhill, and uh, you know, and Dana White's the, the spokesman, and and he's got to put his face out there and deal with it, and and he gets the perks. Mm-hmm. Um, and thank God nothing happened. I mean, let, that's I think that's the. I mean, they had obviously they, a string of. I mean, yeah, I, I, I lost a positive test, but, no, but, that but was nobody died. Yeah, yeah, nobody Correct. died from yeah. it. Or I mean, yeah. obviously. Uh, I know, I know some weird things happened with uh, Jeff Neal afterwards. Some he said some stuff on his Instagram about uh, having a heart issue and his eye he couldn't see out of an eye. And so before his fights, so, I mean that's a little questionable. But other than that, I mean, listen, you know, you still, you still, you st- he could have said I can't fight, and but he still went in there. So I mean, at the end of these days, I mean, we've talked to enough fighters on this show, and and they're 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 not they're 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 built differently than than us. They they want to do this. This is what they they've dropped everything for. These whether it be a job or school or whatever it is that that this is what they're putting a hundred percent of their focus into. So if they can do it, and there was a way for them to do it, then I'm glad they got a way to do it. Well, yeah. I mean, I've been working throughout this whole thing. I've never been tested. I've never had my temperature checked. I don't work in a bubble, you know. So like the fact that they were able to do that to a sense, you know, the amount of testing that these people got, mm-hmm. like you know, Lauren Murphy talking about it. I mean, people still got to try to make a living. The fact that some people were able to come out of this and, and be better off is something that we should be happy about. Um, I mean, I don't know if anybody that fought that's worse off now, other than, you know, maybe having to have a surgery or something, but I mean, that's kind of, I think Cody Garbrandt's having some type of like, Cody Gar- Yeah. But I mean, it does, you know, like, if he go, if he, Cody Garbrandt would have went to Lowe's and got COVID, like we wouldn't be talking about Lowe's trying to murder half the population. Like, you know what I mean? Like you could get it anywhere. Yeah. Like it, to me, like you're probably less likely to get it actually in a bubble where they're testing people. Mm. I mean, I mean, we saw it in the NBA. The NBA did it great. They didn't. I don't think they had a single positive test. UFC did, but UFC is bringing in people from multiple countries, and you know, like there's a lot more going on, and it's not a bubble where they owned the entire town for three months and. and put everybody there and told me you can't leave you know they're bringing people in and quarantining them so i mean i i i give dana white credit for pulling it off i think it was uh i think it was big for the sport i think it was big for a lot of us as fans who needed something uh a couple of those weekends uh when when the world was not great but um but again, not necessarily my thing to do with the spike and the, the dance. But uh, it, it, I, I, I'll laugh and I'll continue to laugh at people's reaction to it, and mm. um, that's just the way I look at it. But uh, yeah, so that was that was kind of the craziest of this. Uh, we had the UFC mm. event last weekend, which uh, got sidetracked on um, podcast alumni Stephen Wonderboy Thompson continues to work his way back up the Walter weight ladder uh after his uh, upset loss to anthony pettis uh oh, yeah today's tuesday i don't know if there any any update came out about his knee because it's like the fourth round his knee like 
gave out on him or something, and he was uh, I mean, he still fought and obviously oh. won, but but uh, something something's going on with his knee. I hope I hope it's nothing that's going to keep him from doing what he wants to do in that division because he looked great. Yeah, no, I mean, he dominated Jeff Neal, a lot of uh, a fighter that a lot of people thought was on the precipice of you know taking somebody like Wonderboy out and really <laughs> establishing themselves as a force in that division, but uh, but Thompson, you know whitewashed him from start to finish and uh and and you know on all the scorecards and uh looked great uh you know speaking of people that look great jose aldo um you know picked up a unanimous decision win over marlon vera fight that i wasn't necessarily so sure he was gonna win uh yeah. i felt like i felt like you know obviously he's a yeah. better fighter historically all, all my picks were for that fight so yeah <laughs> probably Probably good we didn't do picks for this mm. fight because yeah the, mm. the three big ones that really I had my eye on. <clears throat> well I would have picked Thompson the other two I'm not so sure uh, but Aldo picks up a big win uh, he needed it uh, you know he's coming off a title shot loss but also a loss prior to that to Marlon Marais mm. uh, Marlon Marais now uh, the paradigm has shifted now and he's on the downside of a, a run right now after Corey Sandhagen took him you know- out. I didn't know that he left um, Almeida's camp, the Mark Henry Almeida connection out here in Jersey. So I'm one. I mean, uh, Halwani tweeted that out, and I was like, "Oh, how come I didn't know about that?" Because I usually uh, follow all those guys. And he tweeted out, "Not only did that happen, but obviously his since that happened, that's where he's been picking up his L's." So I'm wondering. I'm like, you know, maybe that wasn't the move. I hope it wasn't. If it's burn bridges, I mean, you need to mend those bridges, brother, and get back to get back to your uh, get back to the, the Jersey connection over here, J- Jersey Mafia. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> I, I, uh, in October he was finished by Sandhagen, and then this past weekend, Rob Font uh, had a, a performance of his career, um, knocking out Marias uh, also uh, in the first round of this fight. Be interesting to see. I mean. Uh, it just goes to show. I mean, when the when the it, you know Marias was r- robbed in a sense of a another title fight uh, after he beat uh, Aldo, uh, but uh, it just shows that. I mean, once that when you get that opportunity, if you don't take it, things can go downhill real real quick. And uh, now he finds himself probably you know what a half dozen fights away from a title. You know, in in a in a real competitive world, realistically he could get a title shot coming off two losses. We've we've seen that multiple times. Mm-hmm. But in, in a real competitive um sporting event, we're probably looking at five or six fights now uh from Marias. These these are young enough, but uh that's a hell of a gauntlet when you gotta fight your way back up uh, all the way up the rankings of the UFC. Yeah, I mean um I know Aldo's talking about wanting to fight TJ Dillashaw next, or he doesn't. He doesn't seem to want any titles. He doesn't. I know he said he doesn't want to do five round fights. So um, Dillashaw but, fight sounds good to me. Yeah, you know, I, I think a five round fight, uh, like uh, you know, even if it's not a title fight, I think that that's a main event fight that I'd like to see five rounds of. But uh, that sounds like a fun fight. I, I you know, I, I look forward to Dillashaw coming back. Uh, I think he just continues to add to the division. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know we talked already, kind of talked about Greg Hardy and the Marcin my Marcin Tybura, but um, and we hinted at Anthony the Anthony Pettis news about, but he uh he was the featured fight on the ESPN portion against Alex Morano, and that fight um, I mean, little he looked like he had some trouble in the first round, but he stayed calm, cool, collected, and then he was able to pull off a a, a really good victory in that fight. Uh, I mean, it's a, some nice moves. I was kind of uh, impressed with him. I feel like uh, afterward he said he wants to go back to 155, and he, he even wanted a, 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 a to a rematch with Ferguson. But now we're seeing this uh, free agency stuff. So um, who knows if it's that or if it or maybe they were like, listen, we got to make some cuts, and he maybe he was one of the cuts because you know there are there are supposed to be cutting like 60 to 80 fighters. So maybe it was a conversation. They were like, yeah, if you want, and then come back later. You're young enough. So who knows? Yeah, it's, it's a shame that the UFC is probably going to cut a lot of guys who they shouldn't cut. Um, yeah, and keep you know that's one of the downsides to the you know it, we're kind of getting that wave that we got of the Ultimate Fighter. You know, the first couple Ultimate Fighters were really cool because you were like, okay, these are all fresh talent, a lot of good fighters, and then all of a sudden you started to realize, well, like the guy who finished fifth on the Ultimate Fighter just took, you know, Dan Henderson's spot on the roster. Mm-hmm. You know, like. I, and I think we're going to get that now, unfortunately, with the contender series. 
um, especially uh, because I don't necessarily believe all the UFC's numbers that Dana White put in that video. Um, I can't imagine the numbers being as good as they are. I mean, they're just they're, we have no access to them. Uh, you want to know what's funny about that? At the end of that video, he puts all their pictures, and he was like, <laughs> "Wrong with the name." <laughs> Big old stamp. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, yeah I, I, uh, I, I'm not so sure that I believe all those numbers because you would think to me that if a company was just making record-breaking profits, you wouldn't let Yola Romero, Rumble Johnson, Anthony Pettis walk out the door to make room yeah. for six guys you can pay five thousand dollars to come or ten thousand or twelve, whatever the minimum is now, uh, coming off the Contender Series. So, I mean, I think that that's what we're going to start to see, which is sad, but at the same time. Um, spread the talent out. I mean, Bellator, if Bellator signs Pettis, you know, I, although on the downside, I mean, Pettis is a big name. You know, he is, he's, he can draw and you, you know, you get a Pettis Brothers card. Uh, maybe they do an event in Milwaukee or something. I mean, hey, he, you know, I would have liked if, if, if Anthony uh, stayed with, with, uh, if he stayed with the UFC and, you know, you had, a, you'd have one brother, you know, UFC, the other belt, or it would have been nice to see, but you know, it is what it is, man. If he winds up there, that'd be cool. But uh, I mean, maybe he wants to jump at a shot at a million dollars if the PFL got it for him. You know, I feel like they blew their wad on on uh, Lothane, and uh, <clears throat> now they got Clarissa Shields there too. So I don't know oh, where I mean, they're getting their money from not doing events, but there's fun know. fights for him anywhere he goes. I mean, even yeah. if, if he ended up in one or something, I mean, hmm. uh, I don't think anybody would not watch him and Eddie Alvarez. You know, I mean, yeah. that's a that's a cool fight. Um, PFL just is the tournament. Obviously, Bellator's got their division. Uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what kind of interest uh, or how much money Bellator's got. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just obviously probably shelled out a decent amount for Rumble and and Romero, uh, two older guys, but two guys who are going to set up some tremendous matches. I mean, I don't know about you, but even before Yoel got in there, I saw Rumble. I'm thinking, my God, Rumble versus Musasi. Mm-hmm. Is. Did you see Corey Anderson put up that funny video, that meme? No. But... It's, it's hilarious. He put up a, a video of some kid eating cookies, and the cookie, <laughs> like he's about to eat a cookie, and the kid says, you know, Corey Anderson, he pulls a cookie out, and the cookie says, Bellator, light heavyweight division. And then uh, some other kid comes in to eat the cookie, and it says, Rumble Johnson. And the kid's <laughs> like, man, I can't have none in this house. And he throws it. <laughs> He throws it down. It's on Corey Anderson's Instagram. It's, it's pretty funny. Oh. I, I found it hilarious. No, I mean, you forget yeah, Corey Anderson's there. I mean, they're, you've got some fights that could get kind of cool over there uh, in Bellator. So we'll see. Uh, but again, uh, you know, uh, Wonderboy picks up the big win. Aldo, uh, Pettis, and Tabura, Font, the big names on the upper part of the card. You mentioned Jimmy Flick earlier. He is Jimmy one of the guys Flick, that come that's- up. That's gonna be the dude, man. That's, he's gonna he's gonna be a contender at Flyway. I'm telling you, he's going old school like Romino Santo Sato throwing up uh, freaking flying triangles and stuff. Yeah, Sato, flying triangle, that, was, that was beautiful. I mean, he throws the left high kick, gets his leg caught, and then just immediately jumps up because he's got a head, the head and the arm right there in the middle. I mean, those little dudes can get away with doing the full flying triangles too because they don't have to worry about you know landing on themselves being too heavy and. and uh-huh. You know, plus, I mean, I don't know how how, how good I've I've only been in in a UFC cage. The last time I I saw you in Vegas was the last time I was in a UFC cage when they had the one set up in the back when they used to do fan expos the right way. So, <laughs> but uh, I remember. I mean, you know that they're they're kind of well patterned. They're not like freaking pro wrestling rings. So no, you you don't want to just take a fall on it. It's not yeah, yeah. it's not loaded or anything but um it was you know jillian and robertson although she lost her fight she tried to you, you caught her she tried a flying arm bar damn near got it too uh yeah so, uh be interesting a couple couple creative uh you know submission attempts and one super successful one yeah i mean that was just that was great so he actually goes for you could tell jimmy flick is is super i mean his his ground game is on point because when they hit the ground you know um durden he puts his arm on the other side of Flick to kind of like because you know the the triangle your arm has to be across for it to, for the choke to happen. So he puts his arm on on Flick's hip, and Flick immediately starts attacking that arm. There's stuff you can do to to that arm. So he's like, I got to get it out of there, which of course brings it to the, where he didn't want it to be in the first place. And as, and as soon as he does that, Flick makes the angle, 
and and just made it super tight. I loved it. I love the setup. I mean, I, I watched him win his the LFA title. So to see him tear it up in 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 the, in the UFC, I mean, uh, I'm looking forward to him. That'd be a nice fight. I mean, not for nothing. I mean, I I, I Roy Val was on Twitter and I asked him how his shoulder was. He didn't answer me, but maybe you could reach out to him because I know I know you're the one that got him on the podcast. But um. You know, I, that's a fight I'd like to see. Him and Jimmy Flick would be a, another barn burner. Yeah, it's just more of those flyweight fights. I mean, that's yeah. gonna, I never thought I'd say it, but that might be <laughs> look forward to right now. Yeah. Uh, I think we're getting close to wrapping up here. I'm going to uh, throw out all of our info here, and then uh, everybody listening and viewing, uh, pay attention after uh, after I'm finished. Ed's got a, a few words um, about some sad news in the world of MMA. So, um Fans can follow us, uh, the, the, the podcast, Coast to Coast Combat Hour, at Combat Hour on Twitter, Coast to Coast Combat Hour on Instagram. You can follow me, Matthew Hawkins, at MMAHawk21 on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Ed at Carbizal on Twitter, Carbeerzal on Instagram, and Old Head Carb on Twitch. Uh, Ed, floor's yours. Uh, yeah, just uh, real quick, uh, make sure you get your MMA news over at allaccessmma.com for uh up and coming news and this podcast so uh before we close out for before christmas uh i mean i, I don't want to make it too uh i don't want to leave us on a sour note too much i mean the you know time on this earth is uh you know it can be taken from you in an instant last week at the end of the week uh I, we got some news that sergio da silva passed away um passed away wednesday night the news kind of got floated around i i had to uh confirm for the article on sure dog of confirming his death um you know sergio de silva fought in cffc bellator passed away at 34 years old last week um it was laid to rest uh this week so um you know make sure you spend the time and, and reach out to those if, if it's folks you haven't talked to in a while uh sergio de silva when you hear his name if you do a search for him the stuff that you know he got himself in some trouble in 2017 I spoke to him about that literally months ago. It's on this YouTube channel. You can go back and look at it for an article with uh, my MMA news because last, I mean, when we were speaking, you know, he was looking to make a, another run at, uh, at his fighting career. So it sucks that he's no longer with us. And my condolences uh, go out to uh, the De Silva family and his friends. And, um, you know, I just wanted to uh, dedicate this episode to him. Um, you know, he was, he was a, he was a solid dude. I, I, I liked him talking about New York pizza and all the other funny shit that we used to talk about. And, you know, I was hoping uh, to get a few rounds with him on the mats, but I guess that'll have to wait until, uh, until the next one, you know, but uh, that's that. Everybody stay safe and have a Merry Christmas. Thanks. Merry for Christmas. Listening. Peace. Hey guys, Ed here, East Coast side of the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. If you like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, if you'd like to help us out and donate, uh, the support links are in any of the uh, podcast descriptions and some the links are also provided on our YouTube channel, The Blogboard Jungle. Um, thanks again for listening. And if you give us some support, we'll give you a shout out on the podcast, maybe... Uh, bring you on for a UFC pay-per-view breakdown or two. Thanks again.